Dearly beloved, we are gathered together to get through this thing called a bear market. Crappy word, bear, but it's not forever, and that's a good thing. I'm here to tell you there's something more. The bull market. A world of never-ending enthusiasm and financial profits. You can always refresh your portfolio day or night. So when you call out that broker on Wall Street, you know the one. Dr. Bitcoin and crypto are a Ponzi scam. Instead of asking him how much time before the next halving, ask him how Bitcoin and decentralization are changing the world. Because during a bear market, things are much harder than in the bull market. But fortunately, in the bear market, you aren't on your own. We're pleased to welcome the one and only Crypto Jeb to the show to preach the good news and to preach the better news. And if the elevator tries to bring you down, just listen to episode number 613 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, two, ignition. Who's bad? Let's get crazy on episode number 613 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Joel Com, the artist formerly known as Joel Com, rather. And uh, the artist formerly known as Travis Wright, Sir Lord, Ambassador yeah, of Humility. But, yeah, that's my, that's actually, that's my name still. It's evolved. Um, yeah, but I don't have a symbol for my name like, like Prince did. We should probably get a symbol. It'd be like maybe a poo emoji. <laughs> hey, it's Travis. Sir Lord, Sir Lord Travis, the poo emoji. As designated by the poo emoji. Welcome to the show, gang. This is a passionate show. Today, we've got uh, Crypto Jeb, whose passion for crypto is only exceeded by his passion for Jesus Christ. I mean, it, it, the dude's a preacher. The dude is straight up gospel on this. Yeah. One. So you're going to get a little religion in this episode right here. Uh, this podcast sponsored by the Church of Latter Day Saints. I don't know um, if that's that's not no true. that that is that would be the Mormons and definitely not. That's not <laughs> he that. okay, he, he is he is definitely not. He's that. a southern he's a southern man, so it's probably a Southern Baptist or a he's, Pentecostal or something. Yeah, he's he's full Protestant. There's no question oh, about that. But um, yeah, not from Utah. So uh, not that there's anything wrong with that. You guys go ahead and do you and you that's know. a different subsection of the whole religious thing. And we're only it's, talking about this particular Jesus. Uh-huh. That's correct. And so he's also incredibly bright. Wow. 21 years old and not only full of fire, but he knows a lot about the financial markets. He sounds like he's in his 40s. You right. hear his voice and he's like, he's talking like this. Like he's got Southern. He's like a Southern. He's like a, a pastor for real. He sounds like a reverend, like some hell and fire and brimstone is going to come out of the like your speakers. I didn't hear him preach any hellfire and brimstone. I just heard love. I'm just saying that sort of vibey. Oh, yeah. kind of sound like kind of sound like that kind of preacher that'd be out of revival. This yes. is a crypto. And that's what we're looking for. We're looking for a crypto revival. Indeed, crypto we are. Crypto revival with Jib. And so we ask him about a lot of stuff when that revival is going to happen in the crypto world. And you get to hear his story. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this interview. So shall we get to it? Nah. Let's just postpone this episode until next about, week. How about now? Okay, let's go ahead and do it. Now. Have you guys ever seen Forrest Gump? Have we started, never, by the way? I don't know. What is that? Never You've never seen Forrest Gump? Yeah, come yeah, on. Of course he has. Did you know that Bubba Gum Shrimp is an actual restaurant that you can go to? There's Dude, one of my I've hometown. been to them multiple times. <laughs> I have? love it. Actually, I've never been there. Is it good? I was in Cancun with there four times. <laughs> really? Yeah, with the bench out front and, and all of that. Yeah. <clears throat> you good. know, Cancun's got an interesting Gump story. Gump. Cancun's got an interesting story about how it was created. The The Mexican government went to the central bank and said, hey, we suck at tourism, but everybody wants to go and be tourists in Mexico. Find us the statistically best place for a bunch of drunk American college students to come and give us all their money. And they ran it through a bunch of computers in the 70s and found a Cancun. Nice. Well, nice. There's a big trivia. Uh, the bringing the Cancun knowledge that is the voice of one crypto Jeb, a 21 year old asset trading prodigy or a prodigy. He's uh, built a thriving media empire and uh, he's got crypto shows. I think he has a real name and I don't think it's Jeb. 
but uh dude welcome it might actually be jeb 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 mcafee not related to john right no not related to john mcafee but i've been getting that confusion since i was in second grade we're actually uh today um the, the this episode and the next episode back to back or both with McAfee's because uh, next episode we have the privilege of interviewing John's widow Janice to oh, talk wow. about uh, many things. I'm, I'm unsure what direction that conversation is going to go, but it's uh, there's the McAfee connection. Anyway, welcome back to, to back Bank Mac, that, back to back Mac. That's definitely going to be an interesting one. Yeah. That's good. So how you doing, man? I am doing well. I am hopped up on caffeine and I'm ready to go. Oh, I got my dude. monster. I, I got my monster right here. Just. There we go. You got your drink. Travis has got his uh, Atari drink or Alani or what was it? It's called, yeah, it's called Atari. You play it in, fairy your, farts. in your belly. I've got fairy, my uh, flavorful fairy farts. I think fairy, flavorful fairy farts. That's this right, yeah. is uh, my my I'm hopped up on water. That's actually a cup. That's not water on H2O. I mean, there could <laughs> yeah. be vodka in there, but there's not because never I know. I don't drink. Never vodka. know. Cut it with water. No one ever know. Man, you um, you are very much out front with something that is not popular today and that is your faith like yes, you know we we live in a world right now a, a post-christian world where uh you know if you you talk about god then somehow you believe in the flying spaghetti monster you know which is <laughs> so ridiculous uh because spaghetti doesn't fly only but monsters do so uh, talk a little it bit flies about when my one-year-old is eating it. That's for sure. <laughs> I know. Right. Um, wh- why have you chosen to, to put that out front? I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a Christian and it's not part of my marketing. Um, it doesn't you know, change the depth of my faith, but for you, this is a very intentional thing. So <clears throat> we go to a church um, here in uh, Gainesville called Greenhouse and the pastor, Mike Pats, uh, his son actually is on our staff. He came on stage one time and he had a hundred foot long rope. Whole thing's white, it's white rope. He painted the very end of it red. And he said, this is your life. Why do you care so much about it? And that sent shivers down my spine. And I have told people that many times. We spend 99% of our time, many of us, 100% of our time, so focused on what happens in this life. And we don't have what I call eyes for eternity. And the the fact of the matter is I'm 21. I, by the grace of God, may live another 60 or 70 years. Life expectancy is going up but I will live for eternity, either with the father or without the father. The Lord Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the father except for me. Well, that, that statement has three components. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way to sanctification for a believer. He is the truth, i.e. he is the word of God. He is the truth. Truth in our modern, as you said, post-Christian society has become a four-letter word. It's become whatever you want to make of it. Truth doesn't exist anymore. It's all a, it's all on a, a, a floating sea of whatever you want to believe. The, the sky is blue one day is green. The next day, that's no, no, it's, crazy, it's my that's truth. What it has been, has turned into. It's my it's, truth, it's, but there it's is my truth. truth. No, it's my, it's all my truth. Cause exactly. that's, that's what everybody says, right? That, exactly. My, you need to listen to my truth, which right. I just post, I just tweeted about this the other day. I don't know if you guys saw it, but I said, there is no my truth or your truth. There's only the truth. Everything right. else, what we're calling my truth or your truth is purely opinion. Exactly. That's right. And, and so somebody responded with, thanks for your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the problem, right? Is that when we don't have a standard, then how can I ever say this person's good or this person's evil? Or how can I ever say that, you know, the, the laws of physics, that's truth. That is a standard. We can't, you, you don't have the earth, you know, fly off into space or fly into the sun because it's following the laws of orbital mechanics of, 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 of uh, orbiting yes. the sun. It's following the truth, which are the laws of physics. The truth about where those laws of physics came from is in the word. Jesus is the life. He gives us the ability to live with the father now and forever. And I was a staunch agnostic for many years of my life because I was so prideful as to believe that I could explain where the universe came from and I could explain morality in my own light. But who am I? Who am I to say what the truth is? Who am I to say what is good and evil? Who am I to say that morality is one thing or another? I am nobody. I'm just a man. I can't exalt myself under that. Matthew 23, 12, and this is the last thing I'll say because I know we have other things to talk about, is that he who exalts himself will be humble, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. It is our corest of core values. We have six of them. The central value that our company stands for is humility, and we fail that every single day, but that is what we strive for. And humility is knowing who is on the throne 
And humility is serving others in the same way that he came and served us. So I believe in Jesus because I have seen his power and I know for an absolute fact beyond a shadow of a doubt that he is real and that he loves us more than we could ever love each other. And we get our love from him. Travis, we might have to change the name of the show to the better crypto podcast. <laughs> like the, the show might have just gotten saved. We're healing, we're healing our bad ways over here today, folks. Can I get an amen? amen. Uh, you know, I love your passion on that, man. You know, a lot of people out there seeking trying to figure out the, the trying to figure it all out. I know that I've been on a journey trying to figure it all out for years. My mom's very religious and she'd only basically re read the Bible when I was growing up. And I was like, yeah. Hey, there's so many other forms of wisdom out there that I want to learn about. Right. So I've been on this journey of discovering all these ancient wisdoms and piecing it all together and trying to, you know, quiet, the, quiet, the blah, blah in our mind. Cause a lot of us are out there. We all, yeah. we all have the self doubt. We cannot, you know, we can't do this. We're not good enough. We're not that. And finding that peace of mind, however, your journey leads you is a, is a very valuable thing. Cause you can be more present, be present in the present moment, be with your family, be more loving, be more kind. And we all want to be better humans so we can become, because we, I've always believed this. We are a, a spiritual being having yeah. a human experience. Maybe we'll get 80 years. Maybe we'll get 30 years. Maybe we get 50 years. We don't know how many years we get, but not everybody is enjoying it, you know, in the moment. And they're so worried about this and that, that then it, it takes them away from being present. If you can be present, uh, you can be conscious, you can be more loving, you can be a better person and help others along the way. And I think like if we are all lifting each other up, that's what it's all about in some ways, right? Yeah, that's beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful. You know, Sun Tzu says the beginning of wisdom is knowledge of thyself, but of the, of himself. But Solomon in Proverbs says that the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And Paul says that if Jesus did not rise from the dead, I'm paraphrasing here, then our entire religion is a farce. So for anybody watching this and you're curious about this, what I'm wearing around my neck, I would just encourage you, do a deep study. I'm not talking about just watching videos. I'm talking about spend five years of your life really studying and digging into whether or not Jesus Christ did rise from the dead. It's around your neck. You can prove beyond a shadow. Yeah, because if you can prove beyond because if you can prove beyond a shadow of a doubt, and I believe you can, I know that you can, that he rose from the dead, then everything that the gospel say is true and that you have hope in eternity. He's gotten to preaching today. Well, well, are we getting I, some, I think this is maybe the most religious podcast we've ever had up to this yeah. point. Well, I, I appreciate your uh, your forthrightness and, and what you stand for. And you teach the cryptos. This I is do. what you do on your, your YouTube channel. And you got I quite a, a few viewers. So why are you so passionate about um, cryptocurrency and, and decentralization? Wow. Well, I believe that there is a big problem in our world. And, I, you know, first and foremost, I'm a Christian above all else. Before I'm a husband, before I'm a father, before I'm an entrepreneur, and before I'm a man, I am a follower of Christ. And the way that I believe that I can exemplify that are through, yes, my ministry, which is my business. We run our company as a business, as a ministry. We run a business that makes money to keep the lights on, but for the end goal of, you know, sharing the word of God but all, and, and also ministering to people and, and helping people out. The reason that we look at crypto is because it is one of the biggest pain points that we can find in our modern world that Bitcoin has a solution to. What we are is a megaphone for the why behind Bitcoin. What is Bitcoin? Well, Bitcoin is technology, but what's more important is why is Bitcoin? Bitcoin stands on a foundation that we use as our mission statement, which is what we call financial sovereignty. Financial sovereignty is the concept of having total control over your financial systems and your financial situation. I want us individuals to have authority over and sovereignty over our financial systems and our situations. You see, the problem is when we have 8.1% inflation in the Eurozone, when you have 8.3% inflation in the United States, which I just, I interviewed Michael Saylor a few months ago. I completely agree with him. It's probably more like 20 or 30% annualized inflation with how much the currency has been inflated. That is slowly, but surely recently, more rapidly stealing wealth from every single person that stores their wealth in that currency. Uh -huh. The governments of the world that manipulate the currency are like children running around with scissors, and we need to take the scissors out of their hands and stop letting them play with them. Because whether you're two years old or 80 years old, being a father now, I realize I don't care how old you are. I'm included in this. We're all just a bunch of children. We might be a little bit more mature, but mostly we're just more proud. The governments of the world think that they can control the currency and manipulate it into this thing that they can use to better the current, but they will always be bettering the current at the expense of the future. We have to take the power over the supply of the currency and the governance of the currency out of the hands of central governments and put it in the hands of a trustless 
basically law of physics, force of nature, like decentralized distributed code on Bitcoin. The problem that humanity faces is that it is impossible to have financial sovereignty without Bitcoin. It is impossible to store wealth into the long-term distant future without Bitcoin. I'm talking 50, 100, 150 years. You cannot store wealth without constantly generating it through something like business activity. And then you're not storing it, you're just replacing it. And you also need to be able to have the control over those financial systems, either in your hands or in a trustless third party like code of Bitcoin. I see in the Gospels, Jesus comes in and he helps the needs of people so that they will be willing to hear his message. He goes and he heals the sick. He, he goes and he helps the blind. He goes and he helps these people with their worldly problems, with their worldly needs, which are very real and are big travesties. And then he has, an, and then he has a relationship, uh, a, a pathway into their life to lovingly preach the good word of, of Jesus, his saving grace. That's what we want to do at our company. We want to help people with real problems in the real world. And then through that, we can show the love of Christ in what we do. That's why we're in crypto. You know, you hit on a couple of points there that I think are pretty valid is, you know, a lot, my estimation is a lot of the people who run the world got this sort of dark energy around them, right? They're very greedy, very, you know, control oriented. And it's like they have this insatiable thirst for more. Like some of these global elite bankers in the world, they just have this insatiable, just, ah, uh, they can't, they never have enough. They never, they've never get enough, even though they have it all, they, ne it's not enough for them. They want subservient behavior by the masses. They want to control us in every way. They want to make sure that we own nothing. And we're so happy about it because the great reset and stuff that's going on and that this crazy dark energy around the monetary system and how the monetary system was even created. And so like, you think, you think Bitcoin's the way out of that? I think, I think Bitcoin is, is in a different way, also easily corruptible. And what, what do I mean by that? The code is not, but the, the problem with the financial system is not the financial system. It is the people running the financial system. Because if we're honest with ourselves, we have the same problem that the elites do. They're just in a different position. I'm greedy, just like anybody in power is. That's a sinful desire of my heart. I'm no better than that. What Bitcoin does is it takes the power out of a human hand and locks it into a force of nature that cannot be corrupted. That's why Bitcoin is valuable. But what, what but all that will do is that, yes, that will fix a lot of the problems, but there will still be other problems because we still have humans involved in the system and, and sinful, evil nature is abounding in our, in our world. We need, we need Bitcoin to solve a lot of these problems, but we also need a change in our own hearts. Because if we democratize and distribute the control over financial sovereignty, and I take it out of this guy's hand, and I put it in mine, well, I'm just as broken as he is. Let's not fool ourselves and say that we're any better than they are. Now, we might be better in this area, but we might be worse in this area. I'm just as bad as they are because we're both totally deprived. All of us are. So I want to take the power out of the financial system's hands and put it back into the individual. But ultimately, and this is the final point of financial sovereignty, is because I want the individuals through Christ Galatians 2.20, it's not I who lives, but Christ who lives in me, to surrender it at the throne so that the, so that the God of our universe can use it for his ministry. Because I genuinely believe that he is the definition of good. And if we surrender what we want and desire to him, then he will be where that good comes from. We are hopelessly corrupt, all of us, every single one of us. How can you clean a dirty wall or a dirty car, or a dirty mirror with a dirty rag? We need a clean, we need a clean washcloth. And that's what Jesus is. And that's why I want these uh, financial institutions to lose their grip on power because it is much easier for somebody to surrender something that they actually have authority over than to surrender something that they don't. The financial system will be much more easily surrendered if it is in the hands of the individual than if it is in the hands of central authorities, which already in their mind have everything that they possibly need. In short, the individual is typically going to be much more open to the gospel than somebody who has power over a country with 200 million people and $500 billion net worth GDP. I want that financial system to be democratized and distributed into the individual's hand because then ultimately then we can surrender it to the kingdom of God. And that's what we're trying to do at our company. What, what if we were to find out that it was actually the, the NSA and the government that was Satoshi Nakamoto that was behind the creation of this um, this marvelous uh, currency that we love and hope will eventually moon. Well, then <clears throat> if that's the case, then it doesn't matter because the, the only power that Satoshi has is the knowledge of the keys 
to the wallet that's holding a million Bitcoin. That's the only power that they have. And that's something that you can only really use to a certain extent. The, the, the power over Bitcoin and also the brand of Bitcoin could be damaged by that. But if the NSA or some other government agency were to come out and claim that they created Bitcoin, first of all, I don't think anybody would believe them. Why would you have the NSA or the CIA or DARPA come out and create Bitcoin? Bitcoin is a Trojan horse that is designed to take the, the financial authority away from sovereign nations. If anything, the NSA and DARPA and, and the CIA and the SEC, the IRS, the CFTC, you do the, go down the alphabet soup list. Every single one of them wants more power. Bitcoin decentralizes and democratizes authority. Why would they would do that? In, I, I don't I would know why they would do that. Theory, but it also got people to embrace digital currency. Whereas for one, we, you know, if you're from the Christian faith, that's the mark of the, that's the mark of the devil, digital currency. We're coming, we're coming with the microchip where it's coming at you. And, you know, in 1996, the NSA created how to, how to make a mint, how to create a digital currency through, you know, cryptography and all that. And, and, and so there's, there's theories that are very valid. No, most people say, Oh no, it wasn't them because they don't want to believe that it was them. But I mean, when you think about it, the Economist, the magazine that's owned by the Rothschilds, they came out 30 years ago and said digital currency is coming at this in this time, and it arrived pretty much right on time, using pretty much the exact same logo that they came up with. It's like, to me, it's like there's, you know, it's it can ease people into it, and now they're going to come in and say, hey, you guys like crypto now? Boom! Here's our central bank digital currencies that you're going to have to use. Well, two things on that. As far as the mark of the beast thing, as I've studied apocalyptic literature, Revelation, and the, and the end times quite a, quite extensively. From my, there's about four different major interpretations. From my understanding, the mark of the beast doesn't show up until halfway through tribulation, which would be three and a half years after the rapture of the of the church. So, the mark of the beast is actually, in my understanding of the of the end times, not something that we should be looking out for because the earth will quite literally be on, will basically be on fire and be. Under cataclysm, you haven't seen since the flood by the time the mark of the beast comes. That's my understanding of that. But also, as far as the CBDC, the, the thing I have against the CBDCs is that we already have CBDCs. The U.S. dollar is already basically a CBDC. The, 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 it's, the word central is in the name. Of course, I don't, I don't like CBDCs. I don't think they're good for anybody. I think that you should remain with, with decentralized digital currencies like, like Bitcoin. The thing is, is that the U.S. dollar is already basically a digital currency. I lost my wallet a week ago. And now what I'm doing is I'm walking around with a bunch of cash wadded up in my pocket. I just paid for something in U in physical US dollars for the first time in like three years yesterday at Publix. <laughs> yeah, the, it's already a digital currency. So I don't know why, I don't, I understand what you're saying, but by the time Bitcoin was created and in the public zeitgeist, I think people were already used to the US dollar being a digital currency. Now, as far as conspiracies going on behind the scene, hey, I'm willing to put on a tenfold hat because there's some crazy stuff that goes on behind the scenes. And uh, there is a spiritual element to it. That being said, I don't know if it was behind the creation of Bitcoin. And even if it was, they built an incorruptible system. So if, if they're trying to build corruption through an incorruptible system, then you have a, a house divided amongst itself cannot stand kind of situation. Mm. CBDCs give me the heebie-jeebies. That's, that's, that's <laughs> what agree. I'm thinking about that. That's pretty funny. So, so where do you think uh, we are in you know, the adoption cycle, of course, as far as blockchain goes, there's a lot of subsets of, uh, you know, there's DeFi, there's a play to earn, there's NFTs, there's so many subsets of blockchain with Bitcoin kind of leading the way. You know, what, what, what's the calendar from your point of view of when we begin truly entering from early adoption into the beginning of mainstream adoption? Probably the next five years. I would say in the internet era, we're in 1996 in the automobile we're at 1904 in in aircraft we're in 1915 that, that's where we are what bitcoin is the is the um bitcoin is the is the airplane to the transatlantic ocean liner it is the incandescent light bulb to the candle it is the automobile to the horse-drawn carriage it is the future of finance and because it is an incorruptible system Bitcoin specifically, I'm not necessarily talking about altcoins in that. A lot of altcoins are very decentralized. Bitcoin, in my opinion, is the most decentralized, only true decentralized cryptocurrency that is major and uh, completely adopted. That being said, because of the nature of how sovereign and uh, 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 sound money currencies operate, they almost always take power over unsound currencies. If you look throughout history, you look at 
cultures that have used agribeads or shark's teeth or large stones or uh, copper and silver and gold coins. Any currency that started getting clipped or started getting inflated, eventually it was replaced by a more sound money. That's why gold has lasted throughout the years because it is the most sound money of any money other than digital currency like Bitcoin. That's why it's been around and used as currency and is the backing for currency for thousands of years. Bitcoin is even more stable than gold because at any moment, based on market forces, you can increase the mining of gold from 2% a year to 5% a year to 10% a year. And with the advent of space mining in the next 50 to 100 years, gold is going to get hyperinflated. You're going to see more than likely, I can't tell you one way or the other of the future perfectly, but you're more than likely going to see space mining operations 5x the supply of gold on Earth's, on, on Earth's surface, and that's going to completely collapse the price. You cannot do that to Bitcoin. So Bitcoin is going to be the future for that reason. I want to find a big old meteorite full of gold, have it land in my backyard. That'd be badass. Like, <laughs> exactly. Get all my gold I just got. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> so you're kind of touching base on some the inflation, right? We're seeing this right now, you know, because I think the results of uh, – very bad monetary policies of printing as much money as they possibly can, right? These central banks. And, uh, you know, starting in 2008, well, we're starting way before that, but really ramping it up in 2008. And then, you know, here we are in that crisis. And then here we are now in this next crisis. And they just printed and printed and printed trillions and trillions of dollars that we owe in debt to. It's always wild. Like, oh, United States is $30 trillion in debt to who? Who are they in debt to? Who are those people that we owe? The like, future. Yeah, well, the, the future, but a lot of them are the uh, the trustees of the Federal Reserve Bank and the global central banking systems and those yep. big families that have been in charge of all this thing. So in your estimation around inflation, like, where do you think, where do you think we're heading? Because we're looking here maybe at the nearing the end of the life cycle of the U.S., dollar as the world reserve currency so countries aren't going to necessarily be buying dollars to, be, to buy to buy oil right the price of oil is going you know we just literally today passed nationally five dollar gallon of gasoline for the yep. first time ever this yep. is going to start really impact it's already impacting people a whole lot and i've seen a lot of conversations and people people who are you know on both sides of the political aisle saying oh yeah this inflation and the high price of gas is definitely going to impact how I'm voting in this next time. Oh, and yeah. So, I mean, where do you think we're headed on inflation? Like how long until we get hyperinflation? And what do you think this all means? The financial system is set up to continue building today on the back of tomorrow. The reason I say that we're $30 trillion in debt into the future is because when you inflate a currency and use that inflation to drive the current economy, what you are doing is you are stealing from the future to pay for the now. We are $30 trillion in debt to different people. Some of it's to foreign nations. Some of it's to the Federal Reserve's own balance sheet. Some of it's to different people. But it's ultimately to the future because eventually that money is going to come back to bite you either through more inflation or through having to pay it back, which is unlikely to occur. Oh, uh, because so, it's a debt-based currency. It's not a credit-based exactly. currency. It's a debt-based one, which eventually always collapses. Exactly. It does always eventually collapse. The question is, how far can you kick the can down the road? Because if you look back on the, uh, the and I don't have it up in front of me, but if you look back on the inflation chart of the U.S. dollar, there are about 10 times in the last 100 years where it spikes up to 10, 20% and then drops back down to 2 or 3% in the next several years as interest rates are raised, as the uh, bond buying is, is changed so that you can bring the currency inflation under control. The question right now is, are we eventually going to get the inflation that is currently going on under control, or is it going to spin off into hyperinflation? If it does, say goodbye to the modern economy as you know it. Say goodbye to all of the economic growth that we've seen and say, good, uh, say hello, good morning to the next depression. That's unlikely, in my opinion. I don't think you're going to see the, t the entire global economic system totally collapse right now. It is going to be forced to undergo significant change, though. And that change is likely going to result, uh, is likely going to come from small changes. I think you're going to see small nations adopting Bitcoin as their legal tender, as we've already seen. But on top of that, I think you're also going to see small nations adopting Bitcoin as their reserve currency. I don't know that Bitcoin is always going to be I don't know that Bitcoin is going to become world reserve currency or not, but I do think you're going to start seeing different nations um, 
perhaps Zimbabwe, perhaps uh, the Central African Republic, perhaps Panama, perhaps El Salvador adopting Bitcoin and holding it in their central in, in their reserves. You are probably going to see different nations that are under strict sanctions, such as um, the uh, the current people in charge of Afghanistan, which I probably shouldn't say their name if this is going on YouTube, uh, such as Russia. These different groups and these different organizations that are very much sanctioned by the outside world and don't have the ability to trade in foreign currencies could potentially start using the uh, Bitcoin as their reserves. Now, what we're probably going to see happen through the rest of the year is the Federal Reserve is likely to raise interest rates another 2.5%, 50 basis points over five more meetings. The ECB just confirmed today that they're going to be raising basis uh, base rate. Uh, by, a, by 25 basis points. That will probably be going up to 2% by the end of the year. You'll likely see inflation slow down, but also economic, uh, you'll likely see inflation continue, but slow down over the next couple of years. The stagnation of the growth of the economy, and we enter a period of stagflation where the economic, uh, uh, the GDP is, is shrinking, but the inflation is going up. So it looks like GDP is trading sideways, uh, moving sideways, which is basically what's already happening. The point is, is that you're seeing the destruction of the currency, at the expense of the people, and it all proves why Bitcoin, because Bitcoin is the only answer, the only answer. And I do mean the only answer. Re real estate is not a place to store your money in safely. Two 5% property taxes that, that you can always develop more land. You can always find more efficient agricultural methods and then use some of that agriculture to, to buy new homes. And then you actually do have more real estate. That's something that people don't realize. They say, and I said this for a long time, well, they stopped making land about a long time ago. Well, first of all, <laughs> go to the South China Sea. That's not true. But second of all, you can always develop more land. And the other thing, gold, you can't store your wealth in gold. There's no way to store your wealth in gold. It's getting inflated too. Get, you you want to tell me gold's not getting inflated? We have a hundred times more gold right now than we did 2000 years ago. It's ridiculous. Well, not only that, well, not only that, it's like there's like 500 times more paper gold than there is actual gold. Exactly, because it's all derivatives. Yeah. It's yeah, all on a futures all that, market. All, all that manipulation by the comex. Yeah. Aren't Stop they the doing commies, the same not thing? Not the commies, comex. Hey, I don't have, well, I do have an X, actually, so never mind. <laughs> Com doesn't have an X, but I do. Oh, Com's X. Gotta watch out <laughs> yeah. for her. Yeah, shout out. And she's lovely, so we're good. Uh, so anyhow, awkward. <laughs> I had something really brilliant to say, and instead I went down the wrong rabbit hole completely. Uh, we were talking about gold. So the derivatives, ETFs, um, aren't we facing that same beast with this push for Bitcoin ETFs? Well, a spot ETF, a spot ETF has physical custody. A futures ETF is a derivative. If it's a derivative, then yeah, you're just creating fake money. But if you're doing a spot ETF or, a, or an ETF that actually takes physical custody of Bitcoin and takes Bitcoin physically out of circulating supply, then no, you actually are manipulating the supply. Not manipulating so so educate way. me what the current ETFs we have and the ones that are being proposed. Are they spot or are they futures? The current ETFs are futures ETFs and they're what are known as derivatives. So they are following the price of Bitcoin, but they're not actually holding Bitcoin, which takes it out of the circulating supply. What we're trying to push for and what we would like to see and what Grayscale is basically threatening the SEC with a lawsuit over is that we need to have a spot ETF, which would allow for Bitcoin to be traded on traditional exchanges and be rolled into all kinds of traditional products that has physical backing and physical custody. If you have physical custody of Bitcoin, well, there's what, 19 and a half million Bitcoin in circulating supply. We know 81% of that hasn't been moved in over 180 days, which means that the vast majority of Bitcoin is illiquid. It's not moving. It is staying stagnant. It is staying still, which means that the supply is lower, which means that the price goes up, which means that you can store wealth into the future. What we need to see from a spot ETF is something that is physically backed, physically taking Bitcoin out of custody and shuttling it off into a wallet somewhere so that it's not in circulating supply. You need to see that occur. Basically, what it's like is that a futures ETF is like the US dollar, where it's floating on nothing. There's no actual supply that's being manipulated. But a spot ETF that has actual physical backing is like when the US dollar was backed by gold. Now, it was still being clipped. Gold was still being inflated. It was an imperfect system, but it's similar. It's backed physically by Bitcoin. We want to see things that are physically backed by a non-inflationary asset like Bitcoin, or at least a controlled inflationary asset like Bitcoin, which is de-escalating its inflation every four years. So crazy. A lot of stuff going on. And uh, and so, you know, we have we have that stuff. We have inflation. We have this crypto. We have different opportunities. Here we are in a bear market are we in a bear market yes you know joel keeps saying we're not in a bear market i'm not convinced i'm pretty convinced it seems pretty bearish to me i mean things have gone down 90 percent. tell us about where's the state of crypto right now and when can we maybe see ourselves go have going back up that roller coaster 
Right. So I called a bear market on May 6th, which was just a little over a month ago. That was when we dropped down. I think it was May 6th. We dropped down to $26,500 on Bitcoin. We broke our support that we established in May, June, and July of last year at $29,500, which means that we broke market structure. We set lower highs and lower lows. And in my estimation, that means that we have established a clear trend to the downside on a primary timeframe, which means that we are now in a bear market. Now, what that means is that we confirmed a bear market then, but when you look at a bear market, then you go back and say, okay, what day did this start? There are, is debate in crypto about whether or not it started on November 10th when we hit $69,000 or in April of last year when we hit $65,000. There are some people that say we've actually been in a bear market since April of last year and $69,000 was just an overcorrection to the upside. I would say that we are very much in a bear market at this point, but I would actually say, even though we just got confirmation of it, we're probably over half of the way through, at least as far as price is concerned. I'm estimating the bottom based on the historical retracement to the 200 weekly simple moving average with a bottom of $22,500. That is rising over time. It could be 23 by the time we get there, or Bitcoin could trade sideways for the next year, and that would suffice enough to allow for the bedrock, the underlying intrinsic value of Bitcoin's ecosystem to come up and catch Bitcoin, allowing it to go into the next bull market. At the end of the day, no matter how much we do technical and fundamental analysis on Bitcoin, what we need to see is we need to see a change in interest. The thing that drives the price action is the thoughts of the people that are investing in it. Because when we invest or when we sell Bitcoin, we're manipulating the price. So if investor sentiment swings to the upside in a major way, you're going to see a bull market kickoff. That could be tomorrow. That could be two years from now. It's more than likely going to happen, though, because of the potency of the philosophy of why Bitcoin exists. Well, is, isn't Bitcoin truly just one bull market? I mean, when you look at yes, the, I agree. The, yes, agreed. There, it's uh, that's why I think it's like it's a bearish cycle. But we're not. I don't see us going below our previous highs. We never have before. And so, what would you you know if you bought Bitcoin a year ago? Guess what? You're up re really well. And we're just talking a year. So the having is a couple of years away, <laughs> right? And traditionally, both uh, cyclically and for obvious financial reasons, Bitcoin moves approaching the halving, right? The difficulty doubles and we've got half the Bitcoin coming out. So by 2024, we should be singing the praises of Bitcoin, right? Absolutely. Now, I do think the halving will become less and less significant as time goes on, because by very nature of the way the halving occurs, it's cutting it in half. You know, we went from a 12.5 block reward to 6.25. Now we'll be going to 3.125, three and an eighth Bitcoin per block mined, which is going to half the issuance. As that becomes smaller and smaller and smaller, it has a less and less impact on the total supply because the supply is going up, the change in the supply is going down. So the gap between that is increasing, which means that the halving is less potent, it's less important. I do think that you're going to start seeing over the next couple of halving events, uh, Bitcoin's bull market and bear market cycles break away from the halving. I do think you're going to start to see it respond more to traditional economic forces, such as conflict in Ukraine, such as interest rates, such as global recessions, such as pandemics, such as fill in the blank. I also think that eventually you're going to start seeing Bitcoin's upwards growth smooth out and start looking a little bit more like the stock market rather than like Bitcoin's traditional bull market, bear market cycle. I also think, to answer an earlier question, which ties into this, that you are going to see an inflection point on Bitcoin when you've seen around 8 to 13% of the world adopt Bitcoin as their daily driving currency, and you are going to see an absolute explosion in the adoption of cryptocurrency. If you look at any modern technology that has been adopted, they all go through something called an S-curve of adoption. Planes, trains, automobiles, phones, computers, indoor plumbing, electricity, microwaves, ovens, hot water heaters, whatever you want to name, name any technology we use, incandescent light bulbs. 1% of the population adopted it, then 2%, then 3%, then 5 then 13 then 40 then 80 it, it, it just It goes parabolic. We have not hit that yet. A lot of people think we've hit parabolic growth because we saw a little bit of parabolic growth in 2020, moving on into 2021. That is nothing compared to what you will see happen when you see a half a quadrillion dollar industry called the traditional financial markets getting into Bitcoin in a real way. You think we've seen adoption so far? You haven't seen anything. What we're seeing right now will show up on page 20 of the metaphorical newspaper five years from now when you see sovereign nations backing half of their currency in Bitcoin. I don't think, I think Bitcoin will be adopted as a national currency, but I really think what's going to lead to a lot of its value is it being adopted as world reserve currency status to back 
other currencies like the U.S. dollar. I very much hope and pray with Lightning Network that Bitcoin will be mass adopted as a daily driving currency, but it's probably also going to be adopted in a big way as a backing to other currencies, such as the ones that exist right now, like Bit like the U.S. dollar and the euro and the pound sterling, sterling etc. There's no way you're 21 years old, dude. <laughs> he's, he's very well versed, uh, no question about it. So I'm, I'm wondering, like, did you just coast through school? Well, I mean, I, I was I've been very blessed in my life. Um, I was going to go into astrophysics, but I decided against that because I kind of hate school. I love learning. I am an autodidact at heart. I love to learn. It's one of my favorite things to do. Um, but really it's all by the grace of the Lord that I have. It's not I, but Christ who lives in me, Galatians 2.20. I'm, I'm an auto owner and a driver. I don't know what an autodidact. Autodidact is someone who is self-educated. So I've taught myself much of what I know, but it's not me that's doing it. It's my savior. I think a lot of us, I mean, in this space are, I mean, it's like, because a lot of what we're doing in the space that we're in, there's no, there's nobody before us creating the roads for us, right? We're all pioneers in a lot of this stuff. And so- you know, you got to stack those skills, baby. That's what I say. It's like, you know what? That's, you know, ha being a love of learner, of love of learning and remaining curious, I think have been two of the mm -hmm. things that have enabled me the success in life. My mom would say it's all because she prays for me. That's the only reason that I'm successful. Amen. And I was like, thanks, mom. That's great. Keep on praying. It's working. Grace of God. That's the case. Then cool deal. I mean, I, but I was like, you know, if you were praying and I wasn't working, and I wasn't learning, then it's, I probably won't be as successful. So it's a combined effort. You can't, you can't just, you know, hope and pray and then not work. It's a combination right. of it all, I think. Right. And well, man, because, I, because I, I think I'm a, I'm a magical manifester. I can create, I mean, if I put my mind towards something and I believe it and I know I can achieve it, it's like, it, it works. And then the God and the universe, however you decide to view it, puts people in my path, puts opportunities in my, it's like, undeniable to me that that there's other forces working in my favor Absolutely. because of the people i get connected it's like oh you know what i really i really like to connect with somebody boom <coughs> the next thing you know like here that person sends me an email like it's crazy how things happen in that in that if, if you're attuned to it that's right. Yeah, no, there is absolutely a spiritual element to it. And like you said, you do have to work for it. The question is, is who is doing the work? Is it you or is it Christ? Because if we believe in the scripture of God, the, the word of God, it says in Galatians 2.20, not I, but Christ who lives in me because the dead has passed away and that the new has come to life. And that's Christ in us. And so we do, we, we do need to pray for ourselves and we do need to pray for others. But then we also need to pray for them to respond to the prompting of God and what the word of God says, which is to go out and do good works. We were not saved by our good works. Ephesians 2.8 says, you are not saved by your good works so that no one can boast, but you are saved by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ when you believed so that you can go forth and do good works. I do good works because I'm saved and because I love Jesus. I am not saved because I do good works. That's the thing that a lot of Christians get backwards. I, I think that you probably get a lot of resistance. Do you get hate mail? Do you get you would be surprised. No, I really don't. I don't. You know, I think one of the one of the biggest problems that the church has is that Christ was bold and the church is scared to be. I made a decision a long time ago. I will never be ashamed of the name of Christ. You can put me in jail. You can put a gun to my head. You can end my life, but I will never shirk the name of Christ because it says in the scriptures, he who is ashamed of his name, he will be ashamed of mine. I do not want my savior to be ashamed of my name. The reason that I talk about the Lord Jesus so openly is because I care about the souls that email us and say, hey, because of what you've talked about, and, be, and, and, I, and I turn around and say, no, not because of me, but because of Christ who lives in me and, and the people that work on our company and the, and the grace of God. I have come to know Jesus and my life has been transformed. I can have all the money in the world and I don't care about any of that. Sure, we love to have worldly pleasures, but that's not why I was created. That's not why any of us were created. We were created to love our father and then to share that love with others. And so that's what we do every single day. And we do that through helping people with real world problems because those are very real. Jesus wept. It's one of the most famous scriptures in the, in the, in the Bible because of something that happened in the real world. Somebody died. He resurrected him to back to life, but somebody died. Jesus wept. There's real pain in the world, and we want to help with that. But the problem that most Christians run into is that they don't realize the power in being bold. You would be surprised. I really don't get a lot of resentment. I do get people that say, ah, we're talking about Jesus again. Unsubscribe. That reveals the state of a heart, and that's not to attack anybody. But I am just as willing to listen to somebody who says this is all a farce as I am to someone who says that this is the truth.
Because if I can't honestly weigh and debate in my mind and in what I pray is God's gracious wisdom, what's the truth, then who am I? Am I blinded by what I already believe? Now, I know for a fact that Jesus Christ is real and that he died on the cross for my sins. The reason I know that, though, is because I was open to it when I didn't believe. I was never an atheist. I was always an agnostic. I never said for sure that God wasn't real because who am I to say that? I can't prove that. But I was humble and was willing to hear someone out. And now because of the grace of God and people who talked into my life, I have heard that. Too many Christians nowadays are not living filled with the Holy Spirit because they have not surrendered their life to Christ. And because they've not done that, they're not living a bold life. When we live a bold life, people don't challenge us that much because people already know what I stand for. If I don't have to come out one day and I already have 2 million followers and say, hey, I'm a Christian now. And everybody says, what? That's a change. They've known from the beginning. I have always been vocal around it. I have maybe not been on stream with this cross around my neck twice in the last two years. Not because this cross saves me, not because this specific metal cross saves me. I wear this to show what I stand for. And I stand for this above all else. That doesn't mean I have to talk about it all the time. There's plenty of other things to talk about, but since it came up, that's why. We're talking about it today, folks. There you go. You sound like you, you, you sound like a reverend. You're like the crypto Preacher. reverend. <laughs> I get that a lot. Crypto jeverend. He's oh the crypto jeb, the reverend of crypto. I just care. I just love people. I've been around so many. You got people that voice so too. You got that southern sort of yeah. <laughs> sound. You got that. You know, you're going. We're going crypto damnation. You're all over the fiat. You're going to fire and brimstone and. You, well, I mean, it isn't in the, in the same way that, you know, I talk about the good news of Bitcoin. The reason that Bitcoin is such good news is because what we have other than Bitcoin is such bad news. The financial system right. is so broken. So if the financial system was perfect, then why would we care about Bitcoin to come in? A, a healthy man does not need a doctor. A sick man does. A healthy financial system does not need Bitcoin. A sick financial system does. A broken spirit does not need a savior. Uh, sorry, I'm sorry. A healthy spirit does not need a savior, but a broken one does. We all have broken spirits, and there's one doctor, and his name's Jesus. Yeah, you you are preachers, no question about it. And your podcast is your church, uh, and you know the people that, that watch and and learn from you. In fact, you've got training uh, in crypto and technical analysis. So we'll let you go ahead and, and pitch here uh, what it is that you offer to people beyond the podcast. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, well, we, we do a show every morning at 10 a.m. called Coffee and Crypto. So that's our morning show over on the Crypto Jeb YouTube channel. And then we actually have been working on a product called clubdefi.com for the last year and a half. It is in closed beta right now, but the launch is coming up soon. When that launches, it will be, I almost said something I can't because that is information for launch, but it will be a certain amount of money per month. Right now in closed beta, it's $25 a month. That price will be increasing for launch. Once that launches into open beta, you can join Club DeFi. We have um, about 100 videos on there right now teaching technical analysis, on-chain analysis, fundamental analysis, trading, psychology of trading. We're going to be teaching things like monetary policy everything relating to being successful in cryptocurrency. We also have a Discord server that's very active and growing. We have one-on-one -on -one personal coaching that's going to be going up live when the site launches. Myself and uh, my, uh, my co-host on Coffee and Crypto, Tim, will be doing that. And then we also have webinars um, in the form of office hours uh, once a week with each of our different instructors where people can come and they can ask questions live in a, live, in a, uh, in a private live stream format so they can continue to learn. Because we've always said that the best investment you'll ever make is an investment in your own education. And then through that education, go forth and invest in Bitcoin for sure. But if you don't understand the way Bitcoin works and how to profit in it, then just like a master, then just like somebody who picks up a master carpenter's tools, you'll be useless unless you have the skills to use those tools appropriately. So that'll be launching soon. Very, very soon, actually. Clubdefi.com. The, the site's up, but you won't be able to get into it until the full launch. Mm. And the Discord's not available unless you're a member, right? It is, an, it is an exclusive Discord for members of Club DeFi, yes. Right on. Very good. You've actually filmed one, on your website, CryptoJeb, with two Bs.com. Mm -hmm. uh, 1,700 videos you've filmed so far. Yeah, something like that. It might be over 1,800 now. The site might need to be updated, but it's, uh, yeah, there's a, almost 2,000 videos on the YouTube channel. You're doing one every we're, we're day? You're doing one every years. morning? Every oh, yeah. day? Like seven I, days a week or no? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We stream five days a week. We have content go out Saturday and Sunday. Uh, I do something called a Sunday sermon on the channel, and I normally talk about, you know, kind of a life philosophy thing that also ties into Bitcoin in some way. Um, I Before I founded the company and brought on a team, we've got 13, 14, 15 people on the team now. Uh, it was just myself in a bedroom, and I made a video every single morning 
for three and a half years and I didn't take a single week. I didn't take weekends. Like I, mm. I, I got weekends back about a year ago. That was, that was nice. nice. So, yeah. So I got a question. Are you crypto Jeb? Or are you Bitcoin Jeb? I'm crypto Jeb. Well, so I talk about just, you're not a Bitcoin max. I'm not a maxi. I'm not a okay. maxi. I do think a lot of the altcoins have some systemic issues to solve. I yeah, think yeah. there are, there are decentralization concerns, but okay. no, I'm not, a, I would not classify myself as a maxi. Gotcha. Well, let me ask you this. So at the end of, you know, 1999, 2000, the big tech, you know, the, the tech bubble happened in the stock market and a lot of projects went away, but Amazon, eBay, Yahoo, Google, Maybell. you know, they were, they were continuing to grow, although Google wasn't in the stock market at the time, but they just kept growing. And so you had these big behemoths that came out of that. What do you think some of the projects that are going to be around, we're not going to tie you to this and say, this is what, this is the gospel, but who do you think five, 10 years down the road, which projects are going to still be around and are going to thrive because they have that solid foundation? First and foremost, Bitcoin. I, 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 if anything's not going anywhere, it's Bitcoin. If Bitcoin goes somewhere, then the entire industry, as you know, it's going to look different. Yeah. Bitcoin is almost certainly not going anywhere. Nothing's going to dethrone it, even though there might be technology that's faster, cheaper, et cetera. Nothing has first mover advantage and the mass adoption that Bitcoin has relative to everything else. Cardano or Ethereum, I do believe, is going to be the king of layer one decentralized application protocols in the next 10 years. I think it the race is mostly down to those two. If Ethereum doesn't get its act together with ETH2 and it doesn't fix the gas issues and it doesn't fix the fees and it doesn't fix the transaction and the block size and everything, then Cardano is probably going to overtake Ethereum in the next five years. I've said that on the channel and uh, I got a lot of flack for that. That's Even definitely though Cardano has a problem deploying certain things, right? They're very slow. What Cardano, about Polkadot? Like, is that tied in there? Yeah, no, Polkadot's going to succeed. I think Polkadot's going to succeed. It does something slightly different than, than Cardano. I think Polkadot's going to end up being the ICANN of the future of the way that blockchains are interoperable. Mm. Cardano is slow to deploy because they're doing it right. The Solana co-founder came out earlier and more or less said, Cardano, you got to stick up your butt. You need to deploy stuff faster so you can make some money. Well, if I were building a hospital or a spaceship with people on it, I would much rather the guy do the engineering right the first time than the whole thing blow up and people die. Well, the problem is there's $40 billion or $17 billion of value in Cardano right now. It could have $3 trillion of value in the future and have a half a billion people's information on it. The thing needs to be built right. I love Ethereum. I have more Ethereum than I have Cardano, but Ethereum, Solana, and some of the other competitors are building it faster but that's great. First to market is not in this realm the most important thing because Bitcoin's technology needs to be very simple for what it does. Decentralized application technology needs to be very complicated and it needs to be built right because there's a much larger attack surface. Well, look how many times Solana has gone down. Right? Seven, eight I mean, times this year. I came yeah. out and I roasted Solana on a stream last week and I got a lot of hate for that. Oh, man. Basic, the Solana community basically declared war on me and, I, and I'll take it because I am not a fan. We, I took a project off of Solana because of, you know, and, and because of the, the, the DDoS and then the hack and then the, the double spending where money got created out of nothing, you know, and it's just craziness. It's not sustainable. It's a, yeah, not. What terrible. do you think about, what do you think about XRP? Cause you know, with the SCC thing going down and that thing coming up, you, there's, there's, it's big, it's all over the place. I've never been a fan. I don't hold any XRP, <clears> but it seems like it could, it could blow up if it, uh, this SEC thing resolves in its favor. My, stance on that for a long time has been, I think Ripple, the company has a very interesting value proposition, streamlining the process of international bank transfers and remittances between small and medium-sized banks. Great idea for a business. I don't know how much they actually need a cryptocurrency to do that. That's the thing. Now, the XRP is built into their system. So to use their system, you do need to use XRP, but is that a forced use case of the system? And if that's the case, if that's where the value prop of XRP is coming from, then it can only scale as large as com the, the company Ripple scales. Now, as far as the SEC lawsuit, that's probably going to end up resolving in the XR XRP's favor. I personally have a little bit of a tenfold hat on my head thinking that the SEC is trying to land grab because now they're coming after Binance. The SEC does actually have a case against both of those companies because if you look at the Howey test established in 1946, both of them do look like securities on the surface. I'm not a securities lawyer. I'll leave that to the judge and the courts and the lawyers and everything to figure out whether or not they are. I don't that I don't think securities law should be applied to cryptocurrencies. I'll put that out there. Yeah. XRP, when the case does uh, resolve itself, probably in XRP's favor, it probably will rally a lot. I don't know if XRP will ever get back to number three as it used to be. And um, I think it'll always be relevant, but I think its relevance will kind of plateau at some point. Mm. Mm. 
You know, with all of your videos going on YouTube, what's your backup system? Because there could come a day in the future where, you know, the fact that you're very outspoken about your faith could hurt mm -hmm. somebody's feelings. And, you know, who knows? Maybe they'll That's start right. saying that anybody who, you know, takes a religious position um, confidently is putting hate speech out there, which, of course, we know isn't you know true. Yeah. So what happens if you get deplatformed? Well, first and foremost, I'll never stop speaking, because if I have an audience of zero, then I still have the audience of the Lord. And, I, and what I say and do still glorifies God, even if nobody's watching. So that for, the very first thing I have to say to that is that it won't stop me. You can put me in prison and I won't stop. I'll, I'll, I'll tell the prison guard about Jesus. You know, it's not going to happen. You can rip my tongue out and I'll still like try to write it somewhere. The point is I will not stop talking about Jesus. You can kill me and I won't. The only way you could stop me is if you killed me. It's that simple. Now, as far as what the company would do, that's why we built Club DeFi because we want the company to not be so reliant on me, a personality, because, you know, I'm a broken man. I'm a simple man. For all we know, I could go off and do something crazy and then ruin the brand name. And then all of my employees are out of a job. We don't want don't, that. Don't want do that. You got a wife and kids. No, I'm know. not going to do that. Don't, but, don't you know, that. we that is, oh, a, that is a risk. went off the rails. Yeah, for real, right? <laughs> he doesn't like Solana. Oh, my gosh, we're deplatformed. No, <laughs> that's why we built Club DeFi. Club DeFi is our backup one so that we're de decentralizing ourselves away from just my brand image. But also, too, because if something does happen to YouTube, well, oh, we'll go to Rumble. Oh, we'll go to Twitter. Oh, we'll go to Twitch. But what if they all deplatform you? Go to Club DeFi. Well, what Are if they you... take the website down? Well, thank God Web3 is coming out, so they can't take that down. Right. That's why we're building Club DeFi. So that you... if we had to, it all goes there. Are you using Odyssey? No, we're not. So that's a no brainer. Go sign up for Odyssey. It's decentralized and you can connect your YouTube account. It'll suck all your videos <laughs> over. So you've got a, a that's backup, a, that's a, good point. a decentralized backup. That's what we do with all of our videos. So if YouTube hmm. were, and they have deplatformed us before we got taken off in a, a year and a half, two years, Trav. We were off. Almost, we were like 20. I think it was over two years. It was like 25, 26 months or something. Yeah, we met some dude at a conference and he's like, oh, I know somebody there. Let me ask them. And he, he went and he asked this guy and they're like, okay, you guys are back on. They said it was a mistake. <laughs> Oops. That's crazy. Yeah, we Oops. got During the down. biggest time for our potential growth, right? Because it was 2017 through 2000, uh, near the end of 2019. Gosh. I, like we weren't able to do any crypto content, which is crazy. So we don't really sometimes we put interviews up on YouTube, but this will be audio only because none of us are anything special to look at. And we're not showing visuals. So it's simple just to put the audio podcast where where people listen. Well, Jeb, thanks so much for coming on today. I appreciate your passion and your depth of knowledge and insights. I would love to stay in touch and, and have you back on again in the future uh, to talk about some of these current events and, and all that's happening in the crypto world. Absolutely. Well, Joel, Travis, thank you guys so very much for having me and uh, may the Lord bless and guide you. Well, there you go. Crypto Jeb. Jebb.com is where you find him at Crypto Jeb on the Twitters. Uh, let him know what you think of the interview and let us know what you think. You know, we, we're open to talking to all kinds of people here on the show and always looking for colorful and interesting guests. And what are you doing, Travis? You like checking your teeth or something? What is I have a fire and brimstone. Oh, <laughs> you burning? He's on fire. <laughs> He's on fire. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Let us know what you think. Uh, you know, send us a, a tweet at Bad Crypto Pod on the Twitters or send us an email, badcryptopodcast at gmail.com or call us. Call us. Why not? The phone number is 708-885-9030. It's the Bad Crypto Hotline. Open 24-7, 365 days a year, 366. If it's a leap year, all to say that the uh, the voicemail is always open and love to know what you think. Love to know what you'd like to hear on the show. If you got some comments, questions, feedback, whatever, pick up the phone, 708-885-9030. Even if it's to pick up and just say stay bad, you can do that as well. Was like that the that. end of the show? Did you no. just say about it? No, I was just encouraging them to. So if you guys wanted to end the show for us, that'd be really cool. Give it's like a preemptive stay bad then? You just like, yeah, that was a preemptive stay bad. Like call us and say, hey. Because people say, some... people hear you say stay bad. They want to shut off the show don't, immediately. Don't shut it off yet. They don't even want to listen to the Easter eggs we sometimes have at the end. There's going to be a really good one on this one, too. Because there, yeah, there was a little before we talked to Jeb, we did a little opera and country music. But we and, weren't recording that. Oh, no, I, I, I hit record. I got some oh, stuff. You did? 
I got oh, some okay. goodies. So now it's not a surprise Easter egg anymore. It's going to be after the uh, the disclaimer. But what I do want you guys to know is if you call us and say, hey, I'm such and such from so and so place, stay bad. Then we might start using those at the end of the show. We might have you guys close out the show. That'd be fun. Oh, that'd be kind of fun. Yeah. We need to have technical riff call in and maybe have Fat Jimmy. Fat Jimmy. This is Fat Jimmy. Fat Jimmy Amp. Stay bad. Yep. It didn't sound like that, but, you know. No. That's what you sound like. That's what I sound like when I'm saying, Fat Jimmy. So sometimes you'll hear us go, Jimmy. Jimmy. That's actually a joke for Fat Jimmy, our boy Mike over there. He's probably going to hear this and like shit himself a little. Oh my God, you guys talked about it. (laughs) Free plug for Fat Jimmy Amps. So call us and say, stay bad. That's the end. Call me. I'm alive. Call me. Call me. Who's bad? The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor. Crypto Up the day. Something just gone better. I did not realize that was Thursday. <laughs> Probably always will. That's not country day. That's not Friday. Country day. That's, oh, that's Friday. Saturday. You got to get in your Sunday truck. You get your... It's Saturday. I got my beer in my truck by the moonlight down the dirt mm-hmm. road. Mm-hmm. With the river with my girlfriend. Where the river flows, <laughs> where the road goes. <laughs> That's how I'm hanging out with no yeah. My team's out there doing a meet, and they're probably wondering what the hell we're doing here. We're singing. <laughs> Tell them it's the Bad Crypto Podcast. That's uh, Crypto Jab time. Why, hello there. <laughs>